Hey, podcast listener, are you working so hard you wonder if the money is even worth it? If you're like most CPAs I work with, you have way too much to do, you feel relentless deadline pressure, and worst of all, you feel torn between serving clients and being with family. What if I told you you could work a 40-hour week without losing a dime? I know it sounds impossible, but my Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is designed for CPAs just like you who want to get their lives back. Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is launching soon. In it, you'll learn how to start getting your time back week by week, make your workload manageable while still bringing in plenty of revenue, what to put in your packages and how to price them, and so much more. Don't leave your future to chance. CPA Mastermind will get you on the same profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. We didn't talk about that. I don't know if we want to go into this, but I can tell you, I mean, I, nine years ago, I had a stroke and that stroke created stress outside of work. I also had stress inside of work, even though I love what I do now. So what happened to me is after my stroke, I was going through the stressors of, you know, am I going to have a stroke again? Am I going to die? And next time this happens, I'm not going to survive. I'll be disabled. Welcome to the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast, where I help overworked CPAs go down to 40 hours without giving up revenue. My name is Geraldine Carter, and my guest today is Randy Crabtree. Randy, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Me too, and it's going to be a different take than usual, and thankfully I won't get hives because we're not talking about tax. We are talking (laughs) about mental health, but before we get into that, for people who don't know you, haven't heard your name, tell us just briefly who you are, where you are, and what you do. Well, you said the name, Randy Crabtree. I am a CPA. Uh, I uh, used to have a generalist firm until about 17 years ago, and uh, 16 years ago started Trimerit, which were a specialty tax firm, a niche practice, which I'm very passionate about. I think you are as well, and uh, we're very fortunate. We've, we've, we've grown a pretty nice-sized practice, cover the entire country, and it's it's been a lot of fun. Awesome. I love it. And for listeners who want to go back and hear previous episodes that I've recorded with Randy, you can check out numbers 135 and numbers 208. Like I said, we're talking about mental health and burnout. So the question for you to kick off here is what's the problem? What's the big deal? Why not just power through the stress and the workload? Yeah. So so our profession in, in general thinks that burnout is just something we have to deal with. I mean, I'm generalizing now, but I've been in the, I'm old. I've been in the profession a long time. I've seen it. I've done it. When I had my firm, you know, I just thought I had to work seven days a week. I thought I had to work 12 hours a day. I thought I, you know, had this, this was the way it had to be. And that's unfortunately uh, the mindset I had. And it's, I think the mindset too many people have. And there, I've learned over the years, I'm very fortunate to to meet so many interesting people like yourself. And and thank you for having me on for a third time. Uh-huh. But so many people that I've learned so much from, and I'm like, this is not have to be reality. This is just more of a mindset. This is just a historically, this is the way it's been. So it has to be. And there's so many things we could do better to avoid burnout and to have a great, you know, buzzword, work-life balance, whatever, just have a great life uh, rather than a great life half the year or whatever it is. Uh, there's so many things that we can do different and I've just become passionate about it and, and want to 
do anything, my little part to try to, to share the knowledge I've learned from others. I love it. And you'll get a hat for your hat trick three-peat episode <laughs> guesting. Wait, I need to know, though, before we go further, is there anybody that's been on more than three times? <laughs> Jonathan Stark has been on three times, maybe four. Oh. I don't know for sure. All right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. My ego's showing through. Sorry. <laughs> this is like Ovechkin chasing Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the if I'd go that far, but, but thank you even for thinking that. I appreciate it. <laughs> so what are some of the symptoms of CPAs who might be in burnout or stressed out or just way overworked and fried? What are some of the things that they might be experiencing that they think are just normal and this is how it is and I have to put up with it. So so let me just define burnout real quick in general and then we can talk about some specifics that maybe you're going down this path. The definition everywhere you look is the same and it's a workplace phenomenon and it is a it's a, a syndrome that's that's conceptualized by chronic workplace stress, you know, nonstop stress and, and our profession is that way. It is, you know, deadline after deadline whether it's, you know, April 15th or or March 15th or October 15th or September 15th or year-end close or payroll tax returns or sales tax returns. It's just deadline after deadline after deadline. That's just what we have. and Or this chronic stress could be as simple as, oh, I can't believe that client's calling me again. I can't believe that email from that client. It is just, you have all these triggers in our head that these things that, that cause stress in our, in, our, in our lives. And stress by itself is not terrible. It's the chronic stress, that nonstop, the uncontrolled stress. And so, so burnout's this chronic workplace stress that we just haven't managed. We just haven't managed. And, and so things that may point you in the direction that you're dealing with this is just you're feeling exhausted, your just energy is just depleted. You know, the hours obviously can do that. The the being on 24/7 can do that, which we way too often do and there's things that we can change there. Uh, you know, if we're feeling cynical about what we're doing or just feel negative about the work we're doing, that's a sign that that burnout's kicking in. And then because of this, there's just we're going to have reduced efficiency. We're just going to we're going to try to like you said earlier, we're going to try to power through this, and when we power through it, we're just going to create a stronger sense of burnout, and there's going to be a snowball effect. You know, I'm not getting enough work done because my efficiency has gone down. I'm not as productive, and so now that to do this is is increasing, and so how do I get past that? I got to put in more hours. I got to work longer. Then we increase that mental, you know, negative, cynical, and and uh, efficiency even goes down further. So we just never catch up, and that that just is a snowball effect, and that just sends us down this road. That that again, we think, well, if I just power through April fifteenth, I'll be good again, and and that's not how it works. And what happens if we just ignore it? Like, why not just, oh, well, this is just the way it is. I'm going to ignore it. I'm just going to truck on through through April 15th and then beyond. What are some of the longer term implications of allowing it to carry on? There's a few things. One, disclaimer, I am not a medical professional. Uh, I have personal experience that I could talk about. I can say how things affected me. Uh, but but some of the things that I have done research on, again, you know, I've confirmed research, but again, I'm no expert. So burnout by itself or this chronic stress that, that is your, you, you are, I was going to say that has been created for you, but you are creating a lot of times. It's, we don't have to. We can, we can have a different mindset. But that's been created can actually create 
physical changes to your brain. Just stress by itself physically can change your brain. And also chemical imbalances create chemical imbalances in your brain. So it's if we think, again, like you said, that we just power through it, well, and then after April 15th or whatever our deadline is, we'll be good again. Well, no, we just created a negative impact on our brain. Now, from what I've read, we can't correct that. It's not going to be permanent, but it's it's creating this and if it's chronic and then there's another deadline we're just never going to give our brain time to refresh relax and it's going to keep going down and then the problem with that is you know we've got stress stress is okay stress can create us to act you know oh there is a deadline tomorrow boom adrenaline kicks in i got stress i get that done boom we're done all right good that was short-term stress that's not a problem it's that long-term never goes away stress that then Chronic could turn to burnout, but then if we don't control that, and this is a path that I went down, then this is where it can turn into mental illness. And mental illness is not, this is something I dealt with. This is not something that you want to deal with. You know, chronic workplace stress, burnout, physical changes to your brain, chemical changes to your brain can cause us to to get into a depression or anxiety or other areas that just, you know, you're not in control anymore. Your brain takes over and it's telling you things that you don't want to hear. And that's that's the ultimate that that's why I'm so passionate about this. I don't want anybody to go down that path that I went down. Because it leads to some really difficult, perhaps dark places. Oh, yeah. We, we can go into dark places you want. I, I had some dark places that, that my brain was taking me down. And this is and just to expand on this, I've gone through burnout when I had my practice because of the hours I was going through crazy. Um, with Trimerit, our current firm, it's been a great time. But but we were I was managing partner for the first ten years, ten years I think. And this is a point in time we didn't talk about that. I don't know if we want to go into this, but I could tell you. I mean, I, nine years ago I had a stroke, and that stroke created stress outside of work. I also had stress inside of work, even though I love what I do now. But we were, we were, Congress made changes. I knew we were about to do a super, super growth curve um, because of uh, the way tax credits uh, were being enhanced by Congress. And so what happened to me is after my stroke, I was going through the stressors of, you know, am I going to have a stroke again? Am I going to die? And next time this happens, I'm not going to survive. I'll be disabled. And I am so fortunate as a stroke survivor I, I have no physical limitations. In fact, there's no way I would know I have a stroke. I had a stroke other than the fact I know I had a stroke. There's no indications. But still, mentally, it took me a long time to get past that fact. That's the same time where I was business was about to go through the super growth curve. And now I'm trying to physically or mentally deal with the depression, anxiety, panic attacks, PTSD that I was going through post-stroke, at the same time trying to manage this firm that was about to go from, you know, probably triple in size, over, and it did, we tripled in size over a two-year period, and we've, we tripled again over the next four-year period after that, and and so that inside-of-work stress that was potentially there to cause burnout got amplified by my outside-of-work stress, and that's what really brought me down a, a mental illness path. And that's why I'm passionate about this. I don't want anybody else to uh, to follow that path. And we don't have to. Yeah, we don't have to. And I think the thing is, or part of the thing is recognizing when you're in it and when, from my own experience, and I haven't really talked about my own experience on this podcast, but I've been there twice in my own 
Oh, God, I got to not cry on my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I do it all the time. Oh, you cry on your own podcast? I cry my, I, so I did a, you know, you and I were at a conference together last week and during my presentation on, uh, I think it was called Mental Health Awareness, Don't Treat Burnout as a Badge of Honor. I think at least five times I cried during that presentation. So All right, well, you set the bar. Yep. The, thing, the thing that I'll say from my own experience is that I've been there twice too, and I'm a heart charger. Ooh, I got it like reel it in. No. So when so we're gonna go down here real quick. And be I'll get, let me give you a second. Vulnerability is one of the most important things that we have as a leader. Showing that that we that we're not perfect, that we wanna share these things that we've gone through to help others. Let me give you, can I give you a story or you wanna continue? Yeah, go ahead. So so I do a mental health presentation often. And and I did one for a large CPA firm this past January. At the end of this presentation, I talk about you know everything we're talking about today, plus more, and I'm talking about this, and after, at the end of this, the managing partner of this large firm comes up and stands with me and starts telling the story of his family dealing with depression and being vulnerable, being open, sharing, telling everybody we don't have to hide this in the corner. It doesn't have to be a stigma around mental illness and depression that we can talk about this. We could be open. And I'm just looking out this audience, a large audience of people that he's the leader of. And you could just see the the openness that they felt. The, the, the like, I can go to this guy now. I can talk to him. He is, he, he can understand, you know, anything I say. And so just that vulnerability is so important. And then to, just to conclude the story, you know, I'm going through my struggles, my depression. And just as a side note, I, every day is beautiful now. I'm very fortunate. Um, uh, I love what I do. But going through these struggles, sharing these struggles with him about my post-stroke struggles, he emailed me about three weeks ago. And, and I'll probably start crying now. So just saying, this, is, this is the crying episode. We can title it that. He emails me three weeks ago and he said, Randy, when you came out, I just want to let you know, I just felt the sense that I really needed to hear everything you were saying. I just, just there was the sense that I had to hear this. And I just want to let you know that three weeks ago I had a stroke. And what you talked about in this presentation, what you told us you went through has helped me so much just in the three weeks that I've gone through strokes. I just want to thank you for, for, for coming out and sharing and being vulnerable for us. So vulnerability, I think, is huge that every leader needs to have. And you're a leader, and so I appreciate that. All right, well, we've ratcheted up the vulnerability stakes today. So, so since we're here, and I think what we hope for is to help others who are behind us on the path to learn from what we learned along the way. I feel like Barbara Walters now. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So if if what we hope for is to help others who are perhaps behind us or somewhere along a similar path and help them along the way to recognize when they might be in burnout or headed toward a difficult emotional situation, be it stress, depression, panic attacks, PTSD, and so on, that you don't have to keep going down that path alone. And the thing that I learned as a something of a go-getter is that I was doing the hard charging thing as well, right? Like I'm a hard charger, I go and get, I make shit happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just power through and I tough it out. And in my, in one, you know, I've been on like various different sort of career paths in my own life. And in one of them, straight into burnout, right? And it took me a year to recover. I had to get off the hamster wheel. It took me a while to get off. And the recovery time before I felt recharged enough to be able to go back out into the world was almost a year. 
And then in my sort of second career path, and I always love the work that I do. And I think this is part of the challenge of people who are business owners is that we love the work that we do and we're, we are passionate about it. And sometimes we get consumed by it and we allow ourselves to get consumed. We get like a little bit too wrapped up in it. And it can be hard to find the balance, right? Because you're the business owner, you got to make it happen. It doesn't usually happen by itself. And in my second business, same deal, super passionate, cared a ton about the work that we were doing and overworked myself into an unhealthy space. So I think the thing that we're going for here for listeners is that it can be easy in air quotes to find to like go down this path and be on it sort of know that you're on it but not really know how to get off it so can you talk a little bit about getting off it because of the cost of if you don't get off it oftentimes you run into severe consequences and that's the thing most especially that I think that we're trying to help people avoid is the really severe consequences. Yeah, so so what you just said is a huge part of the problem is just, you know, we love what we do and we have this as a we have this mindset and a lot of all business owners probably, but I always sit go back to accounting and tax profession is that, you know, we have the answers. We want to help everybody. You know, we know they have a problem. We know their financial statements are bad and we're going to fix them. We know they have a tax situation where I could save a lot of money. So we want to do it. And we just, we just have this mindset of help, 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 help. But we forget about the help ourselves. We forget about that we are important as well because I just got to keep going. There's so many people that need me. I just got to keep going. And then, and then that, like I said, that to-do list just never, never goes away. And like you said, a year to recover from burnout. I mean, I was the same way in tax season. I'd get through April 15th and I just couldn't do anything until the next deadline, September 15th, and then the next deadline, October 15th, and then and then I'm tax planning again. And so it never ended. And so it, it, you never got a reprieve. So there's so many things that we can do, I think, to get that reprieve. And there's, there's lots of things I talk about. There's simple things we can do. Let's talk simple things, because if we get big, giant to-dos, people are gonna, they're gonna shut down and say, well, I just don't have time for that. So if you start small and then increase, I think that's really going to make a difference. So here's little things that I personally do, and I know it's gonna sound counterintuitive to some people, but I block out on my calendar, and I'm on the road a lot, but when I'm at home, we have an office nearby, I don't go to the office because I'm just more comfortable working at home, and I think that's important, just things like that. But what I do is on my calendar, 10 a.m., 2 p.m., it's on my calendar, go for a walk with Kathy, which is my wife, and our dog. We take, we leave our desks, she works at home too, we leave our desks, and we just go for a 15 minute walk. Your brain, we talked about how you can have these physical changes to your brain, your brain needs shutdown time, it needs it. You know, Don't take your phone, don't be looking at your phone, then do text messages or read your emails while you're out there for that walk, just clear your mind. It's almost like meditation, another thing you could do. Just spend 10 minutes getting out of your desk chair, go sit in the corner of your room or wherever, and just sit there and clear your mind for a minute. You know, meditate, think about nothing, deep breath. So so simple things, so let's keep it simple. Meditation, I'm probably already freaking people out. Let's stick simple, go for a walk. Don't eat at your desk. 
Same thing. But yeah, I have to eat at my desk because I got so much to do. Didn't you see my to-do list? It's it's like four pages long. And so so how am I going to do that if I if I don't eat at my desk again? It sounds counterintuitive, but your brain will be so much more productive if you give it time to rest. So so do that. You know, make little changes. And I know it's really hard for some people. For me, it is. But eat better. Just have a better healthy diet. Exercise more. That's something I do. That's always been part of my program. The eating is not as good as I should be, but the exercise. Because if I always exercise first thing in the morning when I can. Uh, and I exercise at least, well, if you count walking, I exercise every day of the week. But I, a hard exercise, a high intensity, I'll do four to five days a week for sure. And that, that just gives me so much more energy. And I'll, I, I'll listen to a book on tape again. Just your brain doesn't have to work hard. You're out there. Um, those are some really simple things. Some a little bit tougher, but really should be easy. You know, reduce job stressors. Look at things. Make a list of things. Hey, this is what I like doing. This is what I don't like doing. Start making a start making a list or a balance sheet of the positives and the negative things in work. And if you have a negative thing, you know, let's say it's data entry. Oh, I just, I don't want to do data entry. Well, fine, don't. Delegate that. And, and even if you don't work with someone else, you can outsource everything. There is not one thing that you do you can't outsource. So so do that. And and again, well, it's going to cost me. No, it'll cost you something today. It's going to allow you to deal with the higher value projects that are going to be more productive, more important. You're going to get more money out of. It's going to allow you, if you want to add more clients, it's going to allow you to do that because now this time, this time, what did somebody call it recently to me? Like a, a time vampire or something like that is just sucking your time away. You know, you can get rid of that. So so reduce it. And then and then a really important thing to just give your time self time to refresh, because we're trying to avoid burnout, is do not be on 24-7. I mean, you gotta figure out a way to not look at your emails when you shut down at the end of the day. You gotta learn ways to not check your text messages nonstop, your Teams messages, your Slack messages, your I mean, there's so many ways that people can get a hold of you. Uh, you have to figure out ways to do that. And uh, uh, so those are just some simple things. Um, I can go into deeper. There's three major things that I like talking about. Or there's about 10 major things, but uh, <laughs> you tell me where we want to go next. Well, where I want to go is over to your conference because you are, you're hosting a conference toward the end of August in Chicago that is notably absent of some usual suspects. And it's pretty clear that it's taking a different direction in terms of the foundation of thought leadership and the sort of ideology, if you will. So I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about who you chose to bring in and why, because it sends a pretty clear signal. Yeah, so basically I just asked all my friends to come. No, <laughs> honestly, everybody that's gonna be there, I, I love and I just love the message that they share. And so, you know, you host a podcast, I host a podcast, uh, the Unique CPA podcast, and I've learned so much. And so the people that, when we stay, I'm gonna go backwards a second. When we started the podcast, I had no idea I was going to host a podcast. Somebody else, uh, you know, in our marketing department said, "Hey, we're going to we're going to run a podcast." I go, "Okay, that sounds great. You're going to host it." Like, "What? I'm not going to host a podcast? Are you crazy? What are you talking about?" 
And then when they convinced me, it was like, well, I'm not going to talk about tax credits and incentives. And who wants to listen to that every week? You know, it's I enjoy talking about it, but there's so much more. So I said, I'll do it. But we're going to just talk about ways that we can be better as a profession. I want to talk about management styles, techniques, dealing with employee retention. I I want to talk about these topics that I think will help the profession. And so hosting this podcast, I've learned so much. You've been on, I've learned from you. Uh, And so all these individuals that I've learned from are the individuals that I've asked to speak at this conference. And so we're going to be talking about practice management. We're going to talk about, you know, working, you know, Finding your own success, you know, for some people that are going to be speaking there, their success is working four days a week, you know, and and that's what they define. Or their success is, you know, developing this niche practice, which we'll we'll talk about the importance of niche. We're going to talk about the importance of corporate culture. We're going to talk about ways that we can avoid burnout. So it's all these things to help us be better as a person, as a professional, as a profession, as a leader, as a as a setting the stage for maybe turning the ship a little on we don't have to be this work. 80 hours a week to get ahead. We don't have to follow the past. We can create a new future. We can define our own success and we can figure that out. And defining your success is not going to look like everybody else's success because it's personal to you. So that's that's kind of the type of presenter we're going to have there to, to help us all find what's important to us, not what's important to everybody else. Yeah, I love that because your success is almost certainly not somebody else's version of success. And if you try and recreate somebody else's version of success because you think that's what success is, you will not be successful. That's what I did. Because it won't be yours. Right. Yeah, it won't be yours and it won't be fulfilling and you will likely be unhappy because it's not the thing that you wanted because it was somebody what somebody else wanted. One of the topics that at your conference I know will play a prominent role is the idea of culture and setting the tone. So can you tie together five o'clock, shutting down, no more Slack, no more texts, no more email, no more LinkedIn, you know, no more sneaking glimpses at your phone underneath the dinner table and how that sets the tone for leading your team? I, I think a couple things. One, and this sounds weird, but I don't really look at myself as a leader, although I know people say that all the time, because I don't, I don't, maybe it's more because I don't look at micromanaging or something like that. I, 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 I more like to set the tone, I think, like you're saying. And so if you're a leader and you send an email out at nine o'clock at night just because you want to get it off your plate and you don't want to think about it anymore, you've just set a terrible expectation for the people that work with you. Because now, if you're a leader, and someone reads that email at 9.05 that you just sent at 9 o'clock, now the expectation in their mind, whether they know it or not, subconsciously is like, okay, well, Randy's working at 9 o'clock at night. Now I need to be working at 9 o'clock at night. Or Randy sent me this team's message on Sunday. Oh, I got to make sure I'm on on Sundays. And so setting that expectation, I uh, uh, this, this bad example, I think, is a way to just be a bad leader. And so there's things you can do. If I want it off my plate, and if that just helps me, well, schedule the message, schedule the email. You know, I don't know if you can schedule a text. I don't think you can, but you can tell Siri to remind you at 8 a.m. on Monday morning to send out this message or Google or whatever your phone is. So so setting that, that is important because the if people think that they have to be on nonstop, 
that just puts additional pressure. So one thing that I, there, there's a guy, uh, Brian Cush, uh, who I've talked to in the past. He's been on the podcast, as, as you have as well. I think we said that. But Brian and I talked about, on a webinar he did with me, actually, three ways that you can set shut yourself down at the end of the day, because that's important to do. Because again, going back to your brain, you know, your physical you know, body needs to rest at the end of the day. Your brain needs to rest, but it needs time to rest during the day as well. And so three simple steps that, that he taught me is at the end of the day, bookmark your work. Just leave yourself a note and have it consistent. It's on Word document on your computer or it's you have a notepad next to your computer or whatever. Just bookmark where you were. This is what I'm working on. This is what I need to do. And so now what you've done is you've told your morning self what your evening self left off on. So now you don't have to think about that anymore. You're not going to wake up at three in the morning thinking, oh no, what am I working on? What's that project? What do I have to do? Because you have this note that you've already told yourself. So you're training your brain to, to shut down. I don't have to think about that anymore. Two, have an instead of plan. He calls it an instead of plan. So instead of thinking about work when I get home tonight or I leave the in the uh, the office in my house or whatever it is you know I, I go to my hotel room if I'm on the road the, the I w- instead of thinking about work I'm going to read a book I'm going to watch a movie I'm going to make dinner I'm going to I'm going to do some home improvement project I'm going to do a puzzle whatever it is you come up with a plan so you tell yourself all right you know I just I just bookmarked my work now, here's what I'm going to do instead of think about work. And then the third part of it is have a ritual at the end of each day. Again, we're just training or tricking our brain because you can train your brain to do all kinds of things. So you're training your brain to say, okay, I don't have to, I'm shutting down. So a ritual, physical and mental. You know, maybe it's just closing your computer. Don't slam it. it; might hurt it. But close your computer. Turn it off your computer. You know, meditate for a minute. Say a prayer. Do a jumping jack. Do a push up. Do whatever. Have a, some kind of physical action you do and mental action you do that again is that trigger to your brain. You know, when I was going through my stuff post stroke, I had all kinds of triggers that were negative to my brain, and that's why I started going through the depression. That because these triggers were doing same thing. We could put these positive triggers in there. I just triggered my brain to say, "Day's over, I'm shut down. I don't have to worry about anything because I know I've already told myself what I'm going to work on in the morning." So something simple like that, I think, is important. And now, if you do that, you're setting the example for everybody else as a leader that this is what we do. And, and I think everybody is going to be so much happier and healthier. And uh, culture in general, I think that's a small part of it. Culture is huge to me and the importance of that for mental health. Um, and there's so many more things we could do to set a good culture besides that as well. So many good things in here. And it's almost like giving yourself permission at the end of the day to stop and go enjoy the other half of your life while you still have it available to you. This has been so great, Randy. For people who want to find out more either about you or TriMerit or your conference coming up in August, where can they do that? So the conference is at our website, which is trimerit.com, tri-t-r-i-merit, merit dot com. 
There's a link inside there, but it's the first thing that'll pop up, I think, on the web page now. There's also a Meet the Team page there. You can see my information, or or we have a really good marketing department. They usually have me on LinkedIn uh, uh, quite often, so you can find me, uh, connect with me there as well. But but those are the probably the main two spots to find out information about the conference or me. And you have quite the speaker lineup, <laughs> self-included. I was going to so say, go. so you too, yeah. <laughs> So for listeners, be sure to check it out because there are a lot of folks that you might like to hear from. Randy Crabtree, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming back on the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast. Well, thank you. And we got to do a fourth time so I have the record. <laughs> it's all yours. We'll schedule it. <laughs> Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.